News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Well, welcome to episode 133 of the Luke Messiah Show. I am joined by Adam Lowy, who is a, an attorney here in Austin. If you live in this area or sometimes down 35, you will see his beautiful face on billboards. Um, but he's also a Democrat. He's also active and civically engaged. He's a donor um, to causes and things that he believes in. And he's very active on Twitter, commenting on all sorts of stuff. I told Adam we're going to have to have him back on and talking about uh, – just people who criticize their own party. One of the things I appreciate about Adam is that he actually is willing to criticize Democrats in different positions they hold. As any of you know, I criticize Republicans all the time on this show for positions that we hold or maybe inconsistently applying the positions that we say we hold. So today, though, we're going to talk about whether abortion should be legal in Texas. And I'm really grateful that Adam has come on the show and been willing to talk Um it uh, – we have the Texas Heartbeat Act that has gone into effect. It has caused a nationwide conversation, maybe a worldwide conversation. It's been covered all over the world and this one law and then the Supreme Court's letting it at least go into effect, not supporting it yet, um, has caused a real conversation. I think at the heart of this is a discussion that needs to be had about whether abortion should be legal in Texas. And so what we're going to do is start out by um, – Adam, I do want you to just give our listeners a little bit more of a brief background about yourself and then we're each going to basically articulate our positions on the issue of abortion and then we'll have a discussion that goes from there. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I am a personal injury attorney. I went to the University of Texas School of Law, been in Texas 21 years. Uh, I'm active in democratic politics at the uh, city and state level and national level. Uh, my two very big issues are civil justice <coughs> issues, uh, Seventh Amendment issues, keeping the courthouse open, and I'm also very involved in pro-Israel politics. Mm. I'm very supportive of the state of Israel. Um, so I think discussions like this are extremely important. Mm. I think we can both agree that in these days people don't want to talk to each other. No. People want to just yell at each other or attack each other mm. on Twitter. And I think we're living in a remarkable time. I mm. think it is a uh, remarkable moment for better and for worse. You believe it's for better. I believe it's for worse mm. uh, that that bill passed. Mm -hmm. um, I actually went to law school with Representative Slauson, okay. uh, Shelby Slauson, uh, who's in my law school section actually, and she was the main co-author of the bill. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the bill uh, has sparked a discussion on this issue, mm -hmm. which I think was actually quite dormant for a while. Mm. When I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, this was a red-hot issue. Mm. And I think in the past 10 years, it is fallen off a bit. I don't mm -hmm. know if you'd agree with me on that or not, but I, I don't think that people were leading with it, especially in the Democratic debates. This was mm. um, not a big issue. In fact, mm -hmm. Pete Buttigieg came for a fundraiser um, in South Austin that I went to, and I asked him specifically, how is it that we have had seven at that time, eight Democratic debates, and we have yet to talk about the Supreme Court? In contrast to the right, as you know, Y'all get it. Y'all understand this was a huge issue starting in 2016. And Buttigieg actually agreed with me and said, look, this is huge. What might happen is very scary. Mm -hmm. And then it's happened. Mm -hmm. So I think that we are about to see a very new cultural war break out about mm -hmm. this. Um, and so I'm glad to talk about it. Yeah. One of the my observations from what you said is the fact that um, – you know, you have a lot of these pro-life organizations that would consider themselves uh, incrementalist organizations, which means that 10 years ago, they were basically like 
nibbling around the edges. And um, in 2007, it was, hey, let's pass a law that says that a woman should get a sonogram before she has an abortion, right? right. And we know that that decreased the number of abortions and added another step and all these different things. But that being said, and and one of the things that Planned Parenthood and other organizations would say is, hey, they're doing this, but they really want to get here, right. right? And so, which we've always said that, yeah, that is where we want to get. And so one of the reasons why it's now reaching the tipping point is because, well, after you ban it at 20 weeks and then you ban it at 15 weeks and then you ban this type of abortion and then you put a restriction on this drug or say the hallways have to be a certain length, to make construction more expensive, you're eventually going to have to get there, right? right? And I also feel like Republican politicians don't, have not wanted to get there. Correct. Um, and, and Greg Abbott, I don't think, wanted to get there for a very long time, but it's also one of those things where it eventually catches up to you and you're going, ugh, now I either need to get there or I'm going to look really weak. Right. And so that's another reason why we've kind of gotten to this tipping point. So let me start and I'll articulate my position. You kind of articulate your position on the issue and then we'll kind of discuss it from there. So my, my view is that unborn children are human beings and uh, we live in a time where we acknowledge when we look back on just our history as a nation, our history as a world, that there are different times in history where we've mistreated human beings. And then there's a lot of times in history where we as a group of people have decided that other people, based on certain ways we perceive them, don't have the same rights that we have. And then we basically treat them as second-class citizens. And then we say that the way you treat them matters less than the way you treat everybody else. And so to me, the current group of human beings who are being unjustly treated more than anybody else are unborn children. And so it becomes uh, imperative on us to say that our laws would be best to recognize every human being as equal and then to also punish people who do wrong to those people. And so I think that abortion should be illegal in Texas. I don't support abortion in any way. Um, I do think abortions would still happen even if you made them illegal, the same way as other mistreatments of other people happen when you make them illegal. But ultimately, it's important to recognize the human humanity of that unborn child. Right. I, th I think that it is one of the most morally complex issues of our time. Yep. I think that it is an issue that, contrary to some of the rhetoric from the right, that people that have to have an abortion are not doing it joyfully. Mm -hmm. It is a very difficult issue. You've seen testimonials mm -hmm. from people that have had abortions as I have. But when you come down to the brass tacks, mm -hmm. I do believe in a woman's right to choose. And I believe that a woman herself has that ability mm -hmm. and has the right to make that decision as to what is a lifelong change in her life as to whether she wants to carry that child to term. That said, I recognize the complexity in it. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you look at issues, we talked earlier before we got on the show of the Bible and the Torah, mm -hmm. the, the scripture has numerous complex debates mm -hmm about what people should do in a given situation. And society has changed numerous times as to what various punish punishments should be, mm -hmm. how things should be viewed. And I think that it is an issue that needs to be resolved with the woman and the mother to make that decision. It should not be the government deciding that, and it especially should not be de facto state agents that we have currently in Texas mm -hmm. now who are private citizens that can file lawsuits over it. Yep. Yeah. So we'll get into the Heartbeat Act because um, I do think that that, you know, as you point out, is a different approach. Um, and so when it comes to the wo the woman's right, because I don't believe abortion should be legal ever, right? I don't think abortion should even, be legal even ever. Even in rape and incest. No. 
No. Yeah. And now I do and, – and to – I think Governor Abbott kind of botched that answer to that question. I'm, I'm sure you probably saw right. the video. I think at the end of the day, it's always important to realize that um, rapists should be punished completely, um, that a rape that results in the creation of a child now has two victims involved being two humans, right? You have an unborn child and a woman, both who are victims of a heinous crime, and both should be protected. Um, and so we have, to have a, we have to have laws that say that if you have two people that are both victims of a crime, both should be protected in that instance, and we should punish the wrongdoer. The reason that that is presented as a morally more complex situation is because you have a victim, you have a clear victim that everybody agrees is a victim in that situation, and then you have a clear criminal who everybody believes is a criminal. And to your point on abortion, it becomes, um, you know, we, we basically, that's why I want to get back to the point of when is a human life a human life? So with me not believing abortion should be legal ever in that situation, um, would you how how long does this woman have this right in your opinion? So like partial birth abortion, of course, is like the most egregious right. form where the birth the baby's partially born and then destroyed while it's still halfway inside the mother. Would you think that that should that should also be a decision for the mother and the doctor and them all those people involved? Well, I think that the partial birth abortion issue is a very rare instance. Correct, as is the rape, right? Correct. So my point is, well, when right. you bring that, I, I right. think we acknowledge that. And I think that in in my studies with my rabbi, and I'm sure in your studies of scripture, you know, the question is: Is conception occurring the moment the sperm hits the egg? Mm-hmm. Is it occurring 24 hours later? Yep. Is it occurring three weeks later? Et cetera, et cetera. Yes. The fact of the matter is many different people, many different faiths have very different views of that. Yep. And so in my view, I think that in early first trimester yep. and in the second trimester, the right to choose should be there and available to women. I think that current Texas law yep. is a little hazy as to the third trimester. Yep. And I think you would have a very difficult time finding an abortion provider in Texas to do a third trimester abortion but for a medical issue or something catastrophic. I think the third trimester is an issue where I'm more open to the idea yeah. where there should possibly be a limit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do believe with Roe being the law of the land, it needs to be the woman's choice at the end of the day, and the government should not be making that choice. So uh, uh, the only reason I'm going to partial birth, because I'll get to third trimester as well, is with the partial birth do you believe that at that instance, this is a woman's right to choose with her doctor? Or at that point, is there a limit to say, since you've carried this child for nine months, we're not going to end the life of that child? I think that that is one of those questions as to, is it a child within the womb? Is it a child halfway down? Yeah. When, do you, when do you think the child becomes a human being worth protecting under law? I think, again, it goes to a trimester issue. I think okay, that- But I'm saying like in your position- when do you think that child – because we have to have a law that says – and here's, I guess, my point. Once the child is born I – and mean, let's say the child is a minute born. Right. You and I, I don't think, have any disagreement on whether that child cannot be killed right. at that moment in time. Right. So the point being that I believe that from conception it shouldn't be. When do you think it is a human being? Because at that point, it then has rights that have to be protected. Right. I think that based on current precedent from the Supreme Court, that the issue comes down to a choice of the mother and many times for late trimester, a choice of the mother and the doctor. Do I think it is a human being at the moment of conception when it is a Mm -hmm. microscopic uh, cellular organism? I don't. Mm -hmm. At what point to the moment the day before a child is born as a human being, 
I can't say on that. Yep. I think that it is a it is a question that intersperses science, theology, mm-hmm. um, a kind of view of of the modern world. Yep. Uh, that is something in which you uh, have a very doctrinal position on mm-hmm. it. I respect that. Other people like myself believe it shifts back more to an issue yep. of choice. I think that there is no right answer on that unless you take a doctrinal position as you're doing yep. where you at least are logically consistent. The thing that that I find interesting about some on the right is they will say there's an exception for rape and incest mm-hmm. when the more logically consistent position is actually what you're saying. Yep. But I strongly disagree with that yep. position because I think that it is – a matter of consent that the woman did not want to have the child and was raped in a way that was horrific, as all rape is, uh, and is then forced to carry somebody's child to term that she was put in a position as a victim of a criminal act. So at so what you're saying is as long as – and I don't want to put words in your mouth. As long as 100 percent of America agrees that the one-minute-old child theologically and scientifically is a human being, then they have rights – that should be protected. But if there's not consensus, then they don't have rights. I, I wouldn't say that. I think it's very different once the child is born. But I'm saying, does someone's perception of whether you should have the rights, even the Supreme Court's perception of whether you should have, is that what literally determines whether you have the right at that time? Well, that's a question as to whether if you believe the right comes from the government, yep. is it a legal right? Yep. And legal stuff, as we saw, say, with gay marriage, yep. can change on a dime. Yes which I was very happy with. I'm sure you have a different view on it. Um, or is it a right coming from God? Yep. And then if it's coming from God, what God are we talking about yep. here? Is it a God of uh, the King James Bible? Is it a God of the Torah? Is it a God that Muslims look at? And so it, I, I think that that's where you start going down a winding path in which different faiths look at it differently. So we talk about criminal justice. And, and I'm assuming you believe that there's injustice that is currently in place in our land. Or our laws, or right. like there are, which means, wouldn't that mean that you believe that there is somebody who has the right to something that they're currently not being given, even though the government's not recognizing it, they have it, whether the government recognizes it or not. Well, if you're if you're if you're setting up the hypothetical to say the unborn child is that right? Well, we can talk about that disagreement. I'm trying to understand if we agree that you. Have you can have a right whether or not the government recognizes it or not. Now we might disagree on whether the unborn child has the right. Right. But do we agree that someone can have a right to something even if the government doesn't grant it? Yes. Same thing with like Brown v. Board of Education is of course cited a lot when it comes to all different decisions that the Supreme Court has made at some point to say, oh hey, um, black people are equal in this nation. The idea being that even when they weren't treated equally, they still had a right to be treated equally even though the government wasn't granting it. Now, where that comes from, again, to your point, there's there's disagreement or debate or conversations, but we at least agree that the right that you have is something separate from the government. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So if the right you have, what I'm saying is when – because then at that point – we have also taken away this idea that it's all up to your choice because we don't give the woman the right to choose at one day. Even if she said, theologically and scientifically, I don't think that one day old child is a human being. If she literally testified to that, signed an affidavit, found a pastor that said that she would, like if she, 
I'm just telling you, my belief is we would say, well, it doesn't matter what your belief is. There's at some point, there's a point to where we say your theological or scientific or various beliefs on it don't matter because that person is valuable. Now, my position is, of course, they're valuable the whole time, but I'm I'm trying to understand. Do you so your is your position that like the second they come out of the mother, they now have those rights? Yes. Okay. So this so. That's my point. Is that's the logic that says partial birth abortion can be legal, because the child does not have rights until it's out of the mother. Well, I think again, I think the partial birth abortion. I know is it's rare. Is rare. I, I, I want to get to third trimester. Right. But that's what I'm trying to understand. But 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 I I think that you know to keep going to the partial birth abortion yeah. issue is me on the flip side going to the rape issue and we can t- and going but to I'm the a, incest issue. But, and that's why I told you that right. rape. I guess what I'm unclear on this, because I've told you that in the cases of rape, I don't think abortion should be legal. Right. So when it comes to partial birth abortion, do you think abortion should be legal? I think that if it's run through with the guidance of a doctor and the doctor determines that it is medically necessary, I believe it should be legal. But there's no medical necessity for a partial birth abortion. Well, they're there, literally halfway outside of the mother. Well, there are moments that I have read about with situations in childbirth that necessitate it. Are they rare? Absolutely. The question I have for you is this. Do you yep. actually believe that there are mothers the last day of pregnancy that are saying, you know what, I'm actually not the last day, the the actually it is the last During, day, yeah. giving birth yep. and midway through says, I don't want the baby. Let's no, I think it. they decide. Well, when partial birth abortion was a thing, I mean, which it's banned now and it's a practice, but at the point in time as it was, it was something that people would say, this is how we're going to end the life of your child, right? And now third trimester abortion, let's get to third trimester abortion because again, I, I think your position is clear in the idea that you think that an unborn child is a human being the second it comes out of the mother, be it C-section, whatever, like once it's out. So it's not the magical, you know, passage of the out, out of the mother naturally that gives it its humanity. It can be cut out. But once it is separate from the mother, as long as you, so what I'm saying is, is location what determines the humanity at that point? I think location's a big part of it. I think you acknowledge life begins. I think the Western culture acknowledges life begins from the moment you are yep. born. Your birthday is on the day you were born. Mm-hmm. It is not on the day in which you were conceived. Yep. Because we know that some children, like I was born early, seven weeks early. Right. And, and, and at that time in the 90s, there were children killed after that point through abortion. And, and some people would say that they still can be. So the point is, at that point in time, I mean, and now we know that science and medicine are, are letting us get these kids out of the womb sooner and sooner and sooner. I really think that there's going to be at some point, you're going to be like 12 weeks. You want to just put them in an incubator and grow them. I don't know when we get there, but the point being that we know at 20 weeks, they're completely viable outside of the womb. Now, if you can be aborted in the third trimester, are we literally saying that same child, if they were not inside the womb would have rights, but if they're in the womb, they don't have rights. So it's your location that gives you your human value. I think that's a part of it. I think that that is the balance that you're striking with a woman's right to choose. And again, I think it's a morally complex issue. But at the end of the day, my default is is that the woman has the right to make that decision. And I think that that is a issue that is so personal and so deeply meaningful to a woman that they should not have the government telling them what to do. Yep. So then the last point, I want to get to the heartbeat bill with you too. But um, right now in Texas law, if a woman is pregnant and she is killed, that person, that that wife's 
husband can come after and, and the prosecutors can prosecute that guy for double homicide, right? Because there was a baby and a woman. The baby was in the woman's right. womb. And so would you agree that they should be able to get prosecuted for double homicide or would you say that they shouldn't be able to because that's not a human being? Well, I think that's a very creative law that was implemented. Yep. Um, and I think to be logically consistent that the double homicide charge should not happen okay. on that. Yep. And I see that in civil cases where I've tried to get compensation mm -hmm. for an unborn child and the law is such that you can't do that in Texas. So there's a there's actually a contradiction between the criminal and civil yep. law. Yep. Uh, but I think that it – look, there's been a clear – effort by the Republican Party in Texas mm -hmm. for 30 years now, mm -hmm. longer, yep. that has resulted in where we are today. Yep. And I understand that that is uh, – they, they've been chipping away yep. with things like that to expose the inconsistency yep. in this. Yes. Uh, and I think that at the end of the day, though, my default position is, is. simply on a right to choose. Yep. So let's talk about the Texas Heartbeat Act. Right. Heartbeat Law, Heartbeat Act, whatever they're calling it. Okay. So – uh, you brought up a good, an interesting point, which is the fact that this law is is crafted very differently. We've talked about it once on the show, I think last week or week before. Um, but in this situation, in this law, it ba your criticism is it actually does the, – the state is not saying our position is that once there's a detectable heartbeat, you – this is a crime and you cannot right. commit that abortion. They're actually saying every single Texan or even like people outside of Texas can come in and sue someone they know was involved. There's a civil action. Now, as an attorney – you kind of break that down a little bit for us. Well, you and, and then your disagreement with well, it. you have it correct. I mean, mm -hmm. you have a situation now in which the government is saying we are not going to enforce this law, yep. but we are going to deputize private individuals like yourself, yep. somebody who is an activist, um, or if not an activist, to say, yep. "Look, I know of someone that did this. I'm going to file a suit to seek monetary mm -hmm. compensation for this." The first irony of this, as you're well aware, is we have spent 30 years in this state dealing with the right wing pushing tort reform mm -hmm. and trying to close the courthouse door, attacking the Seventh Amendment. And we deal with that every other session, including this one. So it's very ironic that you have a Republican Party now pushing uh, civil lawsuits yep. as the way to do this. Now, you will likely say the ends justify the means. It's fine. And we can discuss that. So the problem with this, though, in my mind, is it creates a chilling effect in which you have people that will not do this because they are worried about getting sued. Mm. And then there is a question of standing. I don't, I don't know how the Texas Supreme Court is going to say this falls in line with other standing decisions mm -hmm. in which you have someone who is not even involved in this filing suit. It would be like someone in a car crash case I handle who's not even connected to it yep. filing suit about it. And so I will – Give the authors of this bill and Jonathan Mitchell, who I've read about in the past yep. 24 hours, yep. a ton of credit legally yep. when I put my lawyer hat on because it's a pretty creative legal yep. argument. Yep. But I think it opens the door to the fact that you – if it stands, you will now see blue states doing the same thing with guns. Hmm. This, this will not stop. And I saw Senator Hughes today in the Wall Street Journal make an interesting point about this of saying we know the blue states might do this, but we're Texas. We don't care what blue states do. Those are those are famous last words at times. Mm -hmm. I mean that if we're going to open the door to everyone filing lawsuits, mm -hmm. I think that it's going to cause a lot of problems. But I will say it has had the intended effect so far. Yep. I, and I my my view on it is at the end of the day, I support any law that makes abortion harder with the ultimate goal of making abortion illegal. Right. But I think one important thing is. 
Most of the lawmakers that voted for this bill, a lot of them, uh, ultimately don't know where they want to go with it. Right? Correct. I mean, they they back it because a bunch of pro-life organizations are saying to back it, and they all campaign as being pro-life. And so now they actually have to uh, hold up. But I do know quite a few lawmakers that are hardcore supporters of the legislation and supporters of additional action. I think it is always important for Republicans. um, And I had this conversation with a reporter a couple days ago about this particular issue. And I said, look, Republicans should not only pass the law, they should then go out and defend it, which is my problem with Abbott when he was asked about the rape and incest question. He said, well, they still have six weeks to get an abortion, right? Which for Democrats and Republicans, I mean, he got roasted on the left because they're like, so you're telling these women they can get an abortion and blah, 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 instead of having the – and then on the right, they're like, wait a second. Why are you telling people to go get an abortion? I right. thought the whole point of the law was to stop abortions from happening. And now you're saying, well, look, these women have six weeks to get an abortion. I do think the ultimate goal is important. That's why I support the law. I support it because I want to get to a point where it's illegal. I think that what the bill has done – is it has forced the Supreme Court to say where they stand Correct. on the issue, right? And the Supreme Court has danced around this issue a long time. Right. And truthfully, we don't know where Amy Coney Barrett is. I think she might be with us. We don't know where uh, Gorsuch is. I mean, Gorsuch, on the transgender issue, Gorsuch says men can be women, women can be men. So it's like, I think he's willing to overthrow precedent pretty easily. So we at least know from a pro-life perspective, he's with us there from a, from a precedent overthrow, but I don't know where he stands. Hopefully he's with us. I don't know where Brett Kavanaugh is. And personally, I don't think Brett Kavanaugh is with us. I don't think that Brett Kavanaugh, now we know John Roberts is not. So what the law has done is it said, okay, first of all, anybody, and I literally was in discussions two weeks before this with people who told me, I think Roberts, I think Roberts wants to get there. Right. Right. And what the heartbeat law is, it said Roberts does not want to get there. He never wants to get there. He's not there. Right. And then with the additional five justices, and you probably understand this more than others, because I saw so many reports of Texas or U.S. Supreme Court upholds the Texas heartbeat law. Right. You know, and you're like, well, first of all, they didn't uphold it. That's not what they did. They actually specifically in their order basically say, like, this does not preclude any other action in state or federal court. Like, we're not saying this is the law of the land. We're saying it has not been justified that it should be stayed. It's allowed to go into effect, and we're going to make a later ruling. Again, pointing out the fact that there could very well be justices within that 5-4 group that are not on board with, because they know that in order to uphold this, they essentially do have to overturn Roe. Right. I mean, you, you can't say a woman has a right, but all of this And this, this is where I agree with you. They need to make a decision. Yeah. Okay. If we're going to have Roe's precedent, it needs to be firmly said Roe's precedent. If they want to overturn it, overturn it. Yep. And I think that the other thing I've been very disappointed about with the Democratic Party so far is Pelosi is now saying we're going to codify Roe through the House, mm-hmm. which I would be in support of. But you don't see a lot – I don't see a lot of, of anger on the left in, in pushing this to happen. Mm-hmm. We I felt we saw more stuff in the voting stuff mm. than this. I had yep. always been under this belief that abortion was this – penultimate issue in the Democratic Party. I think it is as a litmus test issue, but I think that there's going to be a real question as to whether does the Senate take up this issue if mm. Roe is overturned. And if what my view is, is if Roe is overturned, yep. I think that the Democratic Congress should push it through, Biden should sign it, and we should take our chances at the ballot yep. box. What's interesting, and you're seeing this on the right too, is there's a lot of people I feel in elected office that will kind of give lip service to this issue one way or another. Mm. But when the rubber hits the road, they get real nervous about really staking an issue. And we're now seeing that right now. 
And so politically speaking, it's quite interesting yep. because it's it's not – it doesn't on the left, in my view, have the fervor that I thought it would have. And on the right, I do think Abbott's dancing around it. Yep. Uh, it, it is going to be interesting and, you know, you have – the 15-week ban is currently before the Supreme Court. I know one of the whole points that a lot of people have made is there's not really a, a legal argument for 15 or 20 or 12. Um, so in order to say the 15-week law stands, it seemingly has to be about overturning Roe. You know, right. even if you say – because at 20 weeks, you say, well, there's viability. So right. like the Supreme Court could say a woman has a right to an abortion – up until the point that that child can be removed from her and be successfully kept alive apart from her, right. okay? That could be a position. And that's a position that uh, I would say that's the that's probably the most prominent position of Americans. Like where you'd have the most agreement on the abortion issue would be viability. Um, I would disagree with that. But I think whenever you look at the polling, right, abortion should be completely illegal, illegal in the first week, illegal in the first trimester, second. Right. But once you get to viability, usually you got about two-thirds agreement. Everyone's kind of like, okay. I don't feel like her rights are impeded. I can take this child out. This child can still live. This child can be adopted or whatever. It's okay. Um, the uh, the fifteen week is not that. So now the Supreme Court's in a position. Uh, interestingly enough, I don't think Planned Parenthood or these organizations ever took a twenty week ban to the Supreme Court because they didn't want the ruling. So the twenty week bill was passed in Texas. Okay, and the left could have sued at any point. And asked the Supreme Court, this is when Kennedy was there. And I will tell you that Planned Parenthood didn't know where Kennedy stood on a 20-week ban. Now, they think they – I think everyone knows where Kennedy and John Roberts stand on an eight-week ban. But nobody knew where they stood on a 20-week ban. And I think that's why when these 20-week bans were p- passed these states, nobody sued. Nobody went to court, funded lawsuits to say, let's get SCOTUS to rule on this because it really would have started the conversation of undermining Roe. Eight week has just put it in their court. I think the Supreme Court's going to wait as long as possible. I mean, they do not want this to be an issue. I, Roberts. Well, why, why do you think that? Because uh, at the end of the day, the Supreme Court hates, I would say, Roberts and Kavanaugh especially. This is my perception. I think Roberts and Kavanaugh specifically, and we really don't know about where Barrett is on this, but they do not like, they don't want the Supreme Court's legacy to be this bombastic culture shifting to the right court. Okay. And we see that with Bostock. I mean, you literally have Gorsuch and Roberts teaming up to make a ruling that says a man who says he's a woman cannot be told he's not a woman. Otherwise he's being discriminated Mm -hmm. against. And so you go, okay, clearly this court is not sitting there going like, man, let's take this country to the right in a really aggressive way. I think Roberts feels that way, but um, I don't, I think they have the votes right now. Yeah. I don't think that the only thing that holds me off in saying it's going to happen is Kavanaugh. Yeah. Because I thought that well, – there was an article in the Times of New Yorker that I thought hit the nail on the head that he wants to be toasted in DC yes. society. Yeah. And as, as, as foolish as that sounds, you and I both know a lot of politicians. Yes. Who, they do. That's a thing. And, and when you live in DC, you do want yeah. to be toasted. You don't want to be a, yeah. uh, uh, a, a uh, pariah. Yes. And so I think that he's the one – I think Coney Barrett's going to go with it. And yeah. I think he, she's going to want to overturn it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the – the um, that's right. I disagree with you. I think they're going to make a ruling in the Mississippi yeah. case that's going to be monumental. Really, I hope I'm wrong, but I think I, I don't know how they can't right now. Yep. And I think they could have upheld or could have stopped the Texas law. Put they mm-hmm. could have followed through, and they didn't. Yeah. I think they had to know the consequences of that. Yep. So I think that it's going to be um, 
a very interesting political consequence if that yep. happens. Because the, the races I think about was, you know, for an example, John Rosenthal, who I'm a big yep. supporter of, you know that race has been won yep. by like two vo- votes either yes. way their size. Yes. What happens if this is upheld? What happens if you have a de facto abortion ban in Texas? Yep. Will you see a surge of millennials and women voting against it or coming out to vote against it to vote yes. Democratic? My initial reaction was, well, of course you would. But again, I'm not seeing the rage mm-hmm. that I was expecting mm-hmm. to see so far. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I compare it to is the Indiana anti-LGBT law from mm-hmm. about eight years ago when you had coordinated corporate boycotts of Indiana. Mm-hmm. You had the Indianapolis Star run a thing saying, enough, we need to change the law. There's been next to nothing. I think mm-hmm. Salesforce said they would relocate people yeah. out of Texas. So why is that? You're going to yeah. say there's more people yeah. that are supporting this than one – Mm-hmm. People want to admit, yep. right? Well, I, I think – I, I kind of wonder if Kavanaugh did this to kind of test the waters because um, there's probably some level of personal conscience of his right. that says that he would rather abortion not be legal. Um, I do get the feeling – and I think you hit the nail on the head. I love that article about Kavanaugh because I think it's one of the more insightful pieces. Because you know it's true. Oh, and you all of the all of the attorneys I know in D.C. that are all around SCOTUS, some who have clerked for the Supreme Court and other stuff like that, that we've had conversations about the culture of SCOTUS and then Kavanaugh particularly. And they all describe Kavanaugh in that way. Right. I mean, they're like, look, this guy came within the Bush faction and he's been within society. He was on the Ninth Circuit. He's well-known and well-regarded in these areas. He likes being able to go in the country club and being called, hey, judge, how are you? Right. And being a respectable right. person. In the Democrat-Republican Party, a lot of people are driven by that. Um, I hope and pray that Kavanaugh comes on the right side. I, I fear he's likely not. Uh, and that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and and there's another point of agreement. We can at least agree that Kavanaugh is most likely that total swing vote in right. the middle. If there is a swing vote, if he hasn't decided, um, so no. So why, why explain the lack of corporate boycotts so far? No, I've been very interested. I've been very interested. Well, one corporate America, I almost feel like they're like. Golly, we got to boycott something every three months. Like, are they getting tired of boycotts? Because right. it's like the election law passes, and then every actor has to be like, I'm not shooting a film in Texas. The corporation's like, this is going to hurt us. And then the abortion law, and then the gun law. And you just have to constantly decide, like, okay, are we just literally not allowed to go? And maybe one of the reasons is that a lot of these Democrat states, including California and New York, have become so much harder for these corporations to operate that they do have to make a bottom line decision. I think you see that with Jeff Bezos when he's trying to grow in Seattle and then Seattle's putting all these restrictions on him and he's like, you know I can go somewhere else, right? Like I'll go to Idaho. I'll go. I, that's a red state. And he's like, eventually I have to make a decision. So maybe that's also incumbent on blue states to say if they actually wanted these corporations to be able to more easily glide path into some of the blue states, that they'd be able to structure their tax law and other things like that in such a way that became more inviting to the return. So I don't know. Um, I also think there is an element of like they don't know what to uh, – elections, abortion, all these issues. What are we boycotting? We have to boycott everything right. now. And, uh, and then at some point, maybe corporations are getting tired. I think corporations are very effectively driving the country to the left. That's been my position for a long time. They're doing it with critical race theory. They're doing it with LGBT issues. They're doing it when it comes to election integrity as far as the communication. So, I mean, they are communication arms more often than not from a left of center worldview is what I would say. Not maybe totally always a far left, but definitely left of center. Well, I think you could look at last summer with the Black Lives Matter protests. Yes. The corporations were – breaking their legs, falling over each other yeah. of trying to issue statements yes. and be on what they perceive to be the right side of that. And so that's why I just I'm like I'm shocked and I'm wondering if in-house counsel is saying, wait, wait, there's a there's a the Mississippi case is going to get decided. Let's not make a decision yet. Too far. 
maybe that's it. But again, you know, I know you don't ha- yep. move in democratic circles as I do. This is a massive issue for people. Mm. And the fact that you have next to no companies saying we're going to boycott the state of Texas, I think is a very worrisome sign um, in terms of what kind of pressure can be exerted. Mm. And I don't know if that uh, part of me thinks there might be a shift, but I actually don't believe that. I don't know if, like you said, it's a bottom line issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is what makes it very interesting to me. And the second thing is how will younger voters react to this? Mm-hmm. And we always talk about younger voters and everyone always says, oh, wait till the next generation comes. They're going to be much more liberal. But then yet, as you know, the country shifts more to the, the right mm-hmm. in many ways, especially at the state legislature level. Um, so I don't know what a 25-year-old new voter is going to think of this. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be an issue? Is it not going to be an issue? Uh, but I think it's going to be a big thing in the 22 cycle here. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking about the issue. Um, I do think that uh, hopefully our listeners can take away the clear differences in our perspective and viewpoints. And I do think that uh, there's a lot of inconsistency, to your point. There's a lot of people on the left that will say, oh, abortion is the right of a woman. And then you go, what about the third trimester? Oh, well, not in the third trimester. Okay, well, what's the what happens between second and third that's like magically imparts humanity? And then there's a lot of Republicans who say uh, – I don't want abortion to be legal. I think abortion's murder. And then you go, what about rape and incest? Well, okay, and rape and incest. And you're like, well, who would say, like, you can murder if you're raped? That doesn't even make sense. So uh, I appreciate the consistency. I I do have a strong disagreement because I really do think that that unborn child is a human being. And I think that, um, like I said, for for a long time in society – there are entire groups of people that were told that they weren't humans. And we have our country has done this when it comes to uh, different people from different countries, different people based on the way they looked. We said no. And then we had this idea that, you know, if we can't all agree that you're a human, then you're not a human. And I think that, that we are. So we've now at least admitted there's your humanity is not based on whether the law recognizes you as a human, whether we all agree that you're a human. Because guess what? There are still people in this country that would say, well, black people, I don't know if they're a human. Okay. Is that a very teeny tiny group? Yeah. Does the New York Times think it's a much bigger group? Yeah. I think it's like a couple people. But those couple people still exist. And the cool thing is that it doesn't matter what they think because that person who they think is not a human is still a human. And so I believe that also applies to the unborn children. And it's why I think we should consistently fight for it. I think you've clearly articulated um, the position you hold, and I appreciate at least your willingness to come on and have a conversation about it. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.